This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. 91FM and I'm joined right now by James Shaw, co-leader of the New Zealand Green Party. Good morning to you, James. Yeah, good morning. How are we today? Yeah, good, thank you. Marvellous, marvellous. Right, um, tax is in the news at the moment, of course, um, and you put out your tax policy a while ago now, back in July, I think. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about a couple of aspects of the Green Party's ideas around tax. First, wealth tax. It's, I guess um, it's something we don't really know too much about in Aotearoa. So what is wealth tax? Well, okay, so the, the, and, and this is part of the problem I think we have is, is that in New Zealand, we tend to think of wealth as income only. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people who earn salaries, you know, the higher your salary, obviously, the better off you are and, and so on. And there is definitely, you know, income inequality in, in New Zealand. But the real source of inequality is the difference between people who earn and people who own. So if you own assets like property or shares or anything like that, um, the gap between essentially people who own assets and people who don't, uh, is growing. And it's actually growing faster now as a result of COVID-19 because things like the wage subsidy and business support and so on have actually kept uh, house prices high. I mean, there's other factors there as well, like all these New Zealanders coming home who want to buy houses and so on. Mm -hmm. But but they've they've helped to keep house prices high um, and they've also um, kept the stock market very buoyant. Um, and so what that means is that if you if you were already holding wealth, uh, then that wealth has not only been protected, it's actually been enhanced as a result of the COVID-19 crisis. Now, that, you know, is all well and good, except that people who, uh, you know, kind of work and earn a salary have for the first time in recorded history seen the median wage decline uh, during the course of the pandemic crisis. So people whose only only source of um, income, if you like, is is their is the salary that they earn or the wages that they earn, uh, are actually falling behind, um, whilst uh, people who already owned assets are, are seeing their, their net wealth increase. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the, the result of all of that is that people who uh, want to <laughs> own some assets, right, like you know, saving for a house deposit or anything like that. Um, because their income, because incomes are declining, uh, means that they're just finding it harder and harder and harder to get into that, and so the and so the wealth cap cap keeps growing. So that, that's kind of the big picture. Yeah. And and the idea is that a wealth tax is not an income tax, right? It's not your PAYE. Uh, it's actually on uh, on the assets that you own. So you know, houses, shares, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, and, and it's only assets that you own freehold, right? In terms of yeah, like that's property, right. that's right. So, so um, yeah, there's been a, a, bit, a bit of misinformation about the Green Party's wealth tax proposal because what we're suggesting is that people who own um, over a million dollars in net assets would contribute one percent of the value of those assets over one million dollars. So, we all know that house prices are kind of way overvalued. If you own a, a house that's worth one point two million dollars, but you've got an eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage then actually you've only got $400,000 in net wealth. So you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't attract the tax. Mm-hmm. But if you, if, you own a, if you have a house that's worth $1.2 million and you own it outright and you have no mortgage on it, then the $200,000 above the million-dollar threshold would be taxable at a rate of 1%, which is $2,000, yeah. which is actually quite small. Um, 
so that that's the basic uh, idea behind our proposal. Um, but isn't this won't this just force people to put more of their assets into trusts? Um, you can actually uh, have um, uh, rules that allow you to uh, look through into trusts. I know that in New Zealand, you know, there is an enormous amount of wealth uh, stored in trusts as a result of um, tax changes and trust changes over the course of the last thirty years. Yeah. Um, but uh, but a lot of those rules are tightening up now, so you can actually say who is the beneficiary of this trust. So that actually would that that would still get counted. Yeah. Yep. Well, how do you go about, um, you know, assessing? And, you know, what's what's the actual setup cost for a policy like this, and well, the maintenance yeah. of it? So, so some bits of it are easier easier than others. Um, like, let's say you own a, uh, you know, really flash piece of art, um, then uh, you probably have insurance for it, right? So. You know, you might it might be insured for a for a hundred thousand dollars, and so you just say, well, you know, it's it's worth whatever you've insured it uh, at. Um, houses, we already know the value of because we have a um, a rating system. Actually, yeah. I mean, actually, rates are actually a form of of wealth tax, actually, because it's a tax on the value of the house. So yes, that's already that's right. sort of taken care of, um, and that accounts for an enormous amount uh, of of wealth in in New Zealand. Um, shares are easily valued. Obviously, we know what the you know, they get published minute by minute uh, on the stock market. So that, that's all uh, kind of taken care of. Um, the one thing that is hard to value are small businesses um, because it depends what industry you're in and there are a lot of different ways of, of valuing a business. So the idea is that we would have a, a very simple, straightforward way of calculating it, um, which everybody can use. So that would be the default way of, of doing it. Um, but if you felt that that wasn't the right valuation, then you could work with a professional valuer to, uh, to to come up with a different value for your business. Okay, so what if like I've got shares, right? And I've got shares worth you know one point two million dollars in some company, uh, and they're worth that much on the thirty first of March. Uh, but say they take a hit two weeks later and they fall below that threshold. Um, where do I go then? Do I can I say, hey, look, you know, you you could have taxed me on top of that on that two hundred thousand dollars above one million two weeks ago, but now they've dropped four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, well, there's a few different ways of doing it, but of course, this only happens once a year, so yeah. it's just a sort of snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, shares do go down, but they also go up. Uh, and so, you know, you you would basically say, well, at 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 whatever day it is, you know. 31st of March or, you know, pick a, pick a date. Yeah. On, on that date, what is the value on, on that date? Um, and, you know, for, for, you know, most people who, who own shares tend to own them over a reasonably long period of time. Yeah. Uh, and so the value of those portfolios or the individual value of different companies and, and anybody's share portfolio will go up and down over time. That's just kind of the nature of it. What about capital gains tax? You're, you're still for that? Well, yes. So capital gains tax remains Green Party policy. You know, we fought for that for 20 years. Um, we were, frankly, pretty gutted. Uh, not only that New Zealand First knocked it back in the last term of Parliament, but also that it was ruled out uh, for as long as Jacinda Ardern is Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. And so essentially the wealth tax is our counter-proposal to say, OK, well, if you don't like a capital gains tax, how about this? <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, because, we, because fundamentally um, we need to broaden the tax base beyond just income and to, and towards 
uh, towards asset. We, we need we need to tax wealth, not just work. Yeah. And that is fundamentally what what either a capital gains tax or a wealth tax do. Um, all right. What about your ideas around the eco tax, the tax on activities that are harmful for the environment, such as mining, carbon, uh, and waste, and whatnot? There are some that say that this will could hit the poor more because they consume more. Is that correct? Well, uh, it's not quite correct to say that they consume more, but that they consume more as a portion of their disposable income, mm. right? So pe- people who are high-income earners um, would actually end up paying more in, in kind of total value, but tend to put some of their uh, income into savings and shares and you know that, that kind of thing. Um, but the, that, that, that to me isn't an argument not to do it. That, that to me is an argument that we need to lift people's incomes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and we need to do that anyway, right? Um, and so uh, there are actually already um, a handful of environmental taxes or prices on environmental um, kind of consequences, if you like. So we have a price on greenhouse gas emissions through the emissions trading scheme. It's not strictly a tax, but because it's a trading scheme, but you know, it sort of has it, it's the same kind of principle, which is that if you pollute the atmosphere, then you have to um, pay a pay a price for that. Uh, we do have a uh, waste levy, so um, that is hypothecated and goes into funding waste management projects and programs up and down the country. And we're actually pushing that uh, levy up uh, over the course of the next, you know, sort of a staggered rise over the course of the next few years because we have one of the lowest waste levies in the OECD um, and it's not enough to cover the cost of properly processing our waste. So that's been a, a kind of a big move of the last uh, 12 uh, months or so and in, in Eugenie Sage's portfolio. Um, uh, we have, uh, th- I mean, those are probably the two uh, main ones that I can think of off the top of my head, but um, one of the recommendations of the tax working group a few years ago was that it is an area that is underutilised in Aotearoa New Zealand and we ought to be exploring it more. Um, Alright, I just want to touch quickly on a couple of things around conservation because we are running out of time but um, Eugenie Sage is the Minister of Conservation um, and of course the Green Party um, is, is is a party of conservation. But why? So why are we still opening mines on conservation lands? There have been 21 applications approved between 2017 and the beginning of this year, um, and this this is under your guys' watch essentially. Um, but, and this is after it was said that this would not happen anymore in November 2017. So what's going on? Yeah. So ultimately what happened uh, during the course of the last time of this parliament is that New Zealand first blocked changes to the legislation that would enable us to actually put that into effect and to say there will be no mines on conservation land. That is something that we're still fighting for and we're taking to this election as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and um, finally, just um, one around pest control. Um, now this is a contentious eff- issue for your voter base um, of course, with with 1080 being used as pest control, but you've been talking a little bit about um, training more trappers. What's the plan around that? Well, part of the 1.3 billion dollars that we put aside as part of the COVID response and recovery fund, called the Jobs for Nature Fund, is specifically going towards predator control. A mm. lot of that is with community groups uh, and through agencies like Predator Free 2050, um, but. Uh, some of it's directly 
uh, you know, stock employing more uh, rangers and, and so on and so forth, but most of it's sort of partnerships between the Department of Conservation, Ministry for the Environment, Ministry for Primary Industries, uh, and organisations that are already out there doing that work. Um, and the idea is that, you know, we know that in many of the regions hardest hit by the downturn in international tourism are also obviously in those places yeah. where we have, you know, this fantastic natural heritage which is at risk from introduced species. Uh, and so we thought, well, look, there is work that needs doing there. There are people who need work right now. Uh, we need to ensure that people have incomes and work and so on and so forth. This is a really good use of that uh, stimulus spend. Yeah, it's extremely hard yakka though. Not everybody's suited to that kind of job. Well, no, that's right. I mean, there are other options, right? But that, but there are a lot of people who are putting themselves forward. And in some parts of the country, uh, you know, I, I know that some of the projects that we've funded are recruiting people who not not only have lost their jobs as a result of the COVID-19 uh, downturn, but also uh, some people who have not worked for years because they live in very depressed and remote parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually uh, making a significant difference uh, to unemployment in some of the toughest parts of the country through this program. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, well, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, James. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And um, Yeah, and we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. Thanks, James. Cheers. There we are, the co-leader of the Green Party, James Shaw. It is now... Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.